Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Recall the Midwife podcast. Hello and welcome to Recall the Midwife. We are three best friends who watch each episode of Call the Midwife and discuss. Today we are doing a recap on series six. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. Usually this is the part where I do a bit of a warning about, you know, potential topics that may be not suitable for everyone, but I'm not going to really do my usual one because we, we like to keep it re- lighthearted on the recap and we may touch on a couple of things, but we're not going to go into any in-depth conversations. So if you know what the show is like, just use your own judgment. But I think overall we're going to be pretty good, honestly. Before we get started, I need to confess, I've, I've just spent some time revising. Oh! Play. <laughs> <laughs> I feel betrayed. I feel betrayed. <laughs> Alex, was at, Alex asked me before we started recording, is that you turning pages? And yes, it is. It's me turning the pages <laughs> of my revision notes. Oh my goodness. Look at Beck's taking this seriously, right? This means war, but I've not, I'm not prepared in the slightest. <laughs> Although I have listened to these all the episodes more than all of you because I edit them all. Yes, and then I listen to make sure that they're okay to go out. So actually, technically... But that that just shows more. you have no excuse for previous series recaps. Yeah, true. Well, and if any <laughs> and if any listeners are just listening to this episode as their first one for, for any reason, just to say that, you know, what, what I've done is cherry-picked quotes that I think are really great or really funny or, you know, really special or whatever from each episode. And then I just give the quote and you guys have to provide the context, like who said it, why, what, what the deal was. And I've sometimes I've gone you know like really really hard like very random very you know like hard quotes other times you know it's been a little easier depending I will say that there are some quotes in here that we did discuss on the podcast if that helps and (laughs) (laughs) and some quotes I just wanted to kind of like highlight and I also did leave out some that I had picked out in my you know as I was selecting them while I was rewatching the shows just for the episode recaps because I was like we already discussed it and we don't need to kind of cover it again. So, you know, I've just made a list based on the ones that, like, I thought would be the most most worth worthwhile to revisit. So I think you guys are going to do good. I think you guys are going to do good. Bex, I think Bex I'm very is going to do good. 
Yeah, well, I think her, I, I think I her like average I've, score is gonna skyrocket. I think I've built myself up. <laughs> <Take care. laughs> yeah, to be fair, you just built yourself to be knocked down. Carry on. I should have just I should have just answered the questions and everyone been like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: we, as our listeners know, for anyone who's been with us consistently, this year was a big year for all of us, and we took a big break. And so the last time we did a series recap was like kind of a while ago, and we've been covering this season for kind of a while because of all different things and whatever. So the for me, going back, house moves and leg breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and like yeah, just so many things going on for all of us. Well, not and great, so, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it would be easier if you broke that. And that would have been now. healed by now. Actually, you would. Yeah, you would be done with it if you just broke, had a clean break in the minute. Now, <sighs> really. Well, just to still say, I'm surrounded by boxes as well, Al. So you know what I mean. Both of our life journeys is are are continuing. I, I'm fed up, I have- honestly. Once, just this time next year, here's to your boxes being empty and my knee being fixed. Yeah, exactly. We're Amen. both in back back to good health. Like, you know, everything is riding high. Yeah, exactly. 2024, here we come. But yeah, when, when I went back to episode one of this season to get the, my quotes, I was like, oh my gosh, it felt like so long ago, quote long ago. Um, oh, well, I, this like, is filling me with confidence. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is not a spoiler, but just to say, this is the series that we began with Sister Ursula. So to me, that yeah. felt like so long ago. Oh. So... Yeah. So just to t- just to kind of give context. So, anyways, yeah. All right. Shall we? Shall we dive in? Let's get going. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now I'll do these in episode order. Okay. So just as a little, you know, make if anything makes it easier, we're gonna go start episode one. And we're gonna go chronologically down. I'm not gonna jump around. Make it just make really it quick as a side down. note. I've just had a message from my husband who's taken my daughter ice skating. So I've got like an afternoon free. It's exciting. Yeah. And we're doing a podcast because that's how committed we are, everyone. And yes. He's actually yes. got himself a polar bear at the ice skating <laughs> rink. <laughs> What's a polar bear? You know those things that help you? It's like a a skating aid that keeps you upright. Oh! So she's got a penguin and he's got a polar bear. I'll send you the photos. It's amazing. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Oh man, when I was growing up, they were always like plastic crates that they would stack on top, and they would either give you like two or three crates, and then you would just zoom around with the crates and everything. We we went to a very low budget ice rink, I think. Maybe that's why I never learned to skate. I don't know. Can't skate, and I'm definitely not going to now. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Let's get back to. Okay, here we go. All right, now I have to kind of get into my into my zone here because I'm trying to embody the absolutely brilliant you know personas of of these characters. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just do my regular voice for most of them, okay? It's kind of you to ask, but I'm sure no one needs chapter and verse on every visit to the smallest room. Is oh. it a, a mum of a baby? No. Didn't somebody, Jen mentioned that they've just come back from South Africa. Mm-hmm. I think somebody was, someone was having issues. Hang on, was it Sheila? It was Sheila because she was having morning sickness and Sister Winifred was like, oh, have you still got the trots kind of thing? And she was like, well, no one needs to know about it. Yes, 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 yes. I, I had, Boom. listeners can't see this, but my eyes went wide when Alex said Sheila. So yes, it's Sheila and Sister Winifred and Sister Winifred is like, oh, do you think your tummy's still upset from the something water or something like that? But she's like, well, I don't think everyone needs to know about all my bathroom visits. And little does she know, that she came back from Africa with something else. So hashtag still got it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Doctor Turner's, you know, charms were working on her. So yeah. Well, they, is that Brian Nylon? Was wasn't the it? 90, yeah, it was the ninety. Yeah, it was the Brian Nylon that got yeah. got that got Teddy into the world. So it was a Teddy, a Brian Nylon Teddy that got <laughs> Teddy into the world. Maybe that's what they call him, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, let's stop there because I don't think anybody wants to conjecture about <laughs> about that part of their relationship. Even I bet though they're you just all dark corners of the internet that they would <laughs> carry on. Oh my god, can you imagine the Call the Midwife fanfic that gets written? It's like romance novel style. Oh lord. Okay, let's not even. All right. Okay. She wrote, "God did not say, thou shalt not be tempested, thou shalt not be travailed, thou shalt not be deceived,' but he said, thou shalt not be overcome." My revision has not helped me in the slightest. <laughs> It's a nun, yes. We're not only two quotes in, Bex. Huh? Sister Monica Jones. That's part of it. Is it because Sister Ursula's back and Sister Ursula is starting to take over Sister Julienne's role? Is it to Sister Mary Cynthia? Yes. And you're you're we're so close, two thirds of the way there. And Julienne. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yes. Yeah, so you guys put it together. So this is actually No, no, no. I put it together. (laughs) <laughs> it's true you did you did so so this is one of my i covered this when we did the recap but this is one of my all-time this is like a top five scene for me because when i watched this show and this episode for the first time and i already said this in the recap but like it was just a really really tough time in my life personally and i i was just you know feeling a lot of type of ways and these and and actually the way that i do these recaps is i kind of pick the quotes and so i know where they are in the episodes so i just kind of zoom to the quote and then i just watch the scene and kind of the time around it to like get the context and get the quote and then i kind of move on so i'm not watching like all the full episodes all over again and when i tell you girls that i got to this scene watched this scene and from the moment it started i was instantly in tears like it just it was it is just such beautiful it's like a, such a beautiful performance from all three of these women and this is a quote from i if my memory serves me this is a quote from saint hildegard de bingen of bingen that uh, we yeah, covered we, we talk- when we talked yeah we talked about this didn't we yeah and she's a really you know wonderful like you know saint and like had done all these amazing things in her life and everything but just i think that's right i think that's right if i'm if i'm not right someone can correct me but this sentiment has been expressed many many times in many many ways but the idea that you may be beaten down you may be suffering you may be lied to you may go through all of the worst that life has to offer but if you just know and trust that you won't be overcome by it that you can survive it all and keep going i just and like cynthia is as you guys know like she's really suffering at this point you know she's like really dealing with like the worst of her attack and stuff like that so i just i just love this scene and they're all the women are just so heartfelt and beautiful and anyways so I, just, I know it's a bit more of a deep one, but I just had to put that in there. Well, no, I just, just think it's I'm going to say something to you now. We're recording this in 2023, just after Christmas. And Jen yeah. hasn't actually watched the Christmas episode yet. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to try to but watch it this a, weekend. Yeah. But there's a really amazing quote in that that I think you're going to yeah. absolutely love. And oh. I've already seen it on social media repeated quite a lot and stuff. And it is absolutely next level good. And you're going to love it as much as this, I think. So okay. just watch well, that's, out for. That's going to be part of my New Year's weekend. So just listeners and you guys stay posted because i will definitely you you guys know i love a good quote i'm a big i'm a big quote gal so and this show has so many my god it does okay it does now i'll try to deliver this next one with the same energy that it was done in the show and then maybe that will hopefully help you okay brandy alexander is made with condensed milk for a velvety luxurious taste nurse crane it's nurse (laughs) crane and she was really cross about something wasn't she Yes, yes, it was Sister Ursula trying to nope. do those 20 minute things. Oh, was it not? 20 no. minute. Oh, no. Well, it, well, it, it might have been related to that, but that's not what she's actually mad about. Was it to do with that weird PC wolf? No, he it's wasn't. Before he was in it. It's before he yeah. was in it. Oh, I thought it was to do with those 20 minute things. It, it's probably related, but we're not at that 
20 minute oh um, no, no, we're not at the 20 minute visits yet this hasn't uh, this is still episode one so oh it's still episode one so episode one is where trudy watts and lester watts has just got out of prison and trudy yes. and missy are being terrorized yes exactly exactly and and pat and phyllis is her midwife and she's just that day seeing them going through all this horrible stuff because this is the point in the uh, episode where trudy wants to leave and is it the point where the police officer is says to her yes you yeah. don't have basically you don't have any rights yeah and her mother's being so horrible to her and she's got her little boy and all of that and the girls are like in their bedrooms for the evening and they all have on like regular clothes and mickey huh mickey, mickey. sweet, oh, sweet mickey, mickey yes. with the little match over his glasses i know and they say something about oh we need to have a drink tonight and everything but she goes regular sherry will not do she's like i'm making something else and delia is like well what are we what are we having and she's like brandy alexander's made with condensed milk for a velvety luxurious taste and then she says it's so mad and they're all like okay to be fair <laughs> they're they lovely brandy alexander's <laughs> but i used to order brandy alexander's quite a lot they're really good name. well because really my name good. as well alex i'd be like oh drunk brandy alexander's <laughs> Do you know what we should do is when Jen comes over, we should we should try some of these cocktails. Oh, that's oh, a really babe. good idea. Yes, it is. We do they have cocktail hour. Oh, and do like a little taste test. You guys, do they still have baby sham? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've never had baby sham before. I gotta have it. I gotta have right. it. I can't remember having it. I had it in the eighties, loads. Like tried it, not loads. <laughs> I had six because <laughs> my mum used to drink it loads, and I used to think it was. A, and I'd try it, thinking it looked dead nice because of the Bambi thing Bubbles on the front of it. And- no, it just because yeah. on the on the on the glass it had like a really cute animal, and every time I had it, I was like, Bleh! disgusting. Oh well, it is. Is it like pear champagne or something like that? Like, yeah, but it's just it's just like my daughter trying a prosecco, but now like it's just not. Oh, it's, it's just taste. not. No, so it's you not. Probably, yeah. I probably quite like it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we should. Yeah. Well, we will. We will do that. Yeah, we'll have to make a list of like cocktail the midwife or something. We'll call it. Like a whole a whole drinking and we and the episode just like continues to just roll away from us as we go downhill, <laughs> getting more and more drunk. And then we all have the worst hangovers the next day. <laughs> Sounds great. <Okay>. Next quote. <laughs> We're doing it. We've committed. Okay. All right. The next quote. Unlike your sisters, I won't indulge you. Bonbons. Now. This is this is Sister Ursula confiscating. Yeah. In Sister Monica Jones bonbons in the waiting and, room. Yeah, and yeah. isn't it the point where Sister Ursula says that anybody who isn't earning their right to be there is disposable? Yeah, this is also. Ugh. Um, yeah, yeah, she is. She she basically. Well, yeah, exactly. She's like talking about being strict, and you know, like she, the hammer is starting to fall. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And and Sister Monica Jones, like one act of rebellion in this scene is she hands over the bonbons, but then I don't know how she does it, but she keeps one back and pops it in her mouth. And that's like her way of like both relenting, but then still kind of keeping her in rebellion and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I will say like, I mean, I, we've joked a lot about, you know, Sister Monica Jones, like stealing all the cakes and everything from everyone like unjustly. But this scene, I was just like, oh my god you're like it was like i was like it was cruel it was needlessly cruel it was horrible yeah i was like she deserves to have her bonbons like you can't just steal it like steal no it just felt so rude and unfair like well that's what we said about her she was just there was no need for the cruelty there was just no need yeah yeah i mean and this is also i don't know if it had happened yet in this point in the episode but this is also episode where she takes away the tv which like (laughs) Why? To the Siemens mission. The Siemens mission gets everything. They get a new TV later on. Yeah, well, they've got a mission. Yeah. They've got a mission to keep up, haven't they? they need, I know, they which need is entertaining. 
their residence. I mean, I will say by the end of the episode, we all remember it comes back. So that's good. But still, end of the episode, end of the series, it all it comes back. Okay, you guys are going to know this one. We thought you brought the baby in the bag. Oh, uh, Valerie. Yeah. yeah. Talking about her and assistant. Yeah, because they grew up in Poplar and they know the Nanatans very, very well. This is when Valerie is just been introduced to the show. She helped Sheila during the explosion, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was like, oh, we always saw them. And, you know, you were always coming for Mrs. Who or Mrs. What or Mrs. Where or whatever. And she's like, but we always thought you brought the babies in the bag. And then, you know, because women yeah, would... It makes sense. It's actually more unbelievable how it actually happens. It's true. It's true. And I mean... Yeah, it's kind of like a like a extension of that. Like the babies come in this, like the stork delivers the babies and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. In all my talk of duty, perhaps I forgot to speak of joy. Oh. Sister Julianne. Nope. No. Oh, Sister Ursula. No. No, it's not gonna be Stuart. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, this um, is the, this is the end of kind of a, a whole speech by this person. Not whole speech, but you know what I mean. This is the last um, line of a few lines. It's Barbara. Mm-mm. Oh god. Oh, well, well revised. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is a midwife, though. It's one of our faves. Nurse I mean, they're, they're, they're all our faves. So I don't know. That wasn't really very helpful. Sorry. No, it's not. Nurse Nurse oh, well, it's not, it's not my favorite then. <laughs> <laughs> Speak of joy, duty and joy. Trixie. Mm-mm. Patsy. There you go. Oh, is this about the... Is oh. the, the Oh, what was her name? Penny. Penny Reed. Yes. Oh, look at her with the notes. I got there first. But yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the mother who is a dwarf. Yeah. And everybody's telling her that the, the pregnancy is so dangerous and that the baby won't necessarily, you know, be okay and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's just determined to be happy about it and to like think it's gonna work out great. And And Patsy's and- trying to explain all the risks, isn't she? Mm-hmm. And this scene is really sweet because they, Penny and her husband, live in one of the new council flats. Like she's in the high, one of the high rise buildings. With an amazing got- hall area that could hold like 12 prams. Carry on. I know. No, no, it's true. And Patsy comes for like one of her regular checkups and she brings along like all of the standard issue, like new mother pamphlets, you know, like not not what to expect when you're inspecting, but like kind of that type of thing. And Penny is like, oh, you know, what about all these, all the concerns and everything like that? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, the concerns are like real. And like, we, you know, we're gonna be mindful of that. But you know, you get to be happy about this. Like, And she's like, in all my talk of duty, I forgot to speak of joy. And so like, let's have a cup of tea and just talk about baby stuff, you know, and, and you Penny is so excited. It's really sweet. There we go. Okay, just to say there's no, there's no quiff in this scene either. Back <laughs> oh, God. Quiff. <laughs> Okay, next quote. We only fail when we do not try. Yoda. <laughs> yes. Do or do not, there is no try, Yoda. Yes, exactly. This is this is the call of the midwife, Yoda. So who's that? So are we Systematic Joan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say more. <laughs> Hang on. Are we still in episode two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sister Monica Joan, is she oh, if we don't try. Is it to do with Sheila and the explosion? No. To give a little hint, this is a back and forth between Sister Monica Joan and one of the midwives about a personal issue. Oh, is it because Patsy's had the letter from Hong Kong? There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Sister... Patsy reads it, but then Sister Monica Joan lifts it out of the bin and reads it, which is exactly what I would have done in that situation. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. would not, but... Carry on. 
Yeah. Well, and again, your hypocrisy backs up being mad at Tom for literally looking at an address on a sealed envelope and then being like, no, I would definitely read the envelope when you <laughs> thought that Tom's action was a step too far. She's not saying it's rational, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the situation. She's like, how dare he? And, and how nosy like, she's feeling in that moment. <laughs> and how justified she wants to make her actions. Exactly. So this is when they're going back and forth because Sister Monica Joan is like, look, I read the letter. Like, let's just like get real. And Patsy is like, I know, but he's dying. And she's like, I'm really good at my job, but I'm not really good at dealing with that. And I don't know. And she's like, I'm just, I'm just not sure if I can take it. And she says, we only fail when we don't try. And then, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, I mean, it's a much more thoughtful scene than I just described, but then she decides to go to Hong Kong. So, you know, Sister Monica Jones' advice was monumental. And Celia yet again, failed to communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's kind of a hallmark. Patsy failed to communicate with Delia this time, which is really annoying considering how she was the one that received an feels, yeah. <sighs> yeah. They they have some like stuff to work And we've out, established basically. the timeline that Patsy had plenty of time to bring Delia after the funeral. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, I, yeah. I will concede. But at the same time she was overcome with grief, so I won't concede. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shutting maternity homes across the country. Whatever next. Only a man could think it's a good idea. Nurse Crane. Yes. Exactly. And what is she talking about? She's talking about Mr. Greenwood, the council inspector. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's Mr. Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> because, and and this is where we learn that Sister Ursula, like she's coming because she thinks she can save the maternity home. Yeah, yeah. So she's basically she... a big joy vacuum because she's trying to save them. Apparently. Yeah. yeah, and she's basically like, "Yep, we're gonna go to industrialized hospitals, and you know, blah blah blah." And so, and then the women all start talking about it and how terrible it is. And Doctor Turner is like, "Okay, we're gonna have this inspection." You know, it's funny though, actually, because it made me think. Like, I had a I had an experience recently because we've all grown up with hospitals being kind of the the norm. You know, yeah. where you go into mm-hmm. a hospital, it's this massive, massive, massive structure, so many different departments, so many different things. Like, you know, so complicated that you get lost literally every turn and. That outside of a doctor's office, you know, like that you would see like a GP or a specialist or something like that, a hospital is the way you get care. And that's like good care, you know? And I recently had a thing with my eyes, which was fine. Everything worked out totally fine. But they have them over here. They're tied to like a CVS drugstore. It's like a minute clinic. But they we also have like urgent cares and stuff. And I needed to see somebody like right away. And so I booked in at the minute clinic to go have, you know, someone help me out. And they did it again. It was very minor. So no, no big deal. But it just made me think about how when you need care or you want to deal with something health-wise, you want to deal with it now. You want to deal with a real person. You want to have, you know, like something accessible. And I think, I mean, look, I'm not going to go on a huge tangent, even though I've already kind of partially started, but the whole depersonalization and, and industrialization, at least in this country, of all of our healthcare, to me is just, it's it's tough. I, I just, I, I don't know, watching the show has like made me think about, you know, like if I was pregnant, or if I was in some kind of, you know, serious situation, I would want a system that, you know, did provide all that human attention and like a little bit more of a personal touch and things. And I, you know, this is in no way a criticism of nurses or doctors or health professionals now who really do their best and their, you know, their awesome work for patients and stuff in those settings. Cause I've, we've, our family's been the beneficiary of that too. It's not to say the care is not good, but I don't know. There was, there's something like so sweet about the maternity home and the clinic and, you know, all the in-home care that the nurses do oh. and everything. And it's just, when it's I was- just sad change i think i will say when i was pregnant 
it was absolutely amazing. You could ring, they gave you all these different things. You could ring someone, you could have someone around, you could speak to someone, you could go to see someone 24 hours a day. Well, I agree, but that's very much a British thing. Like in America, like I would be shocked if people had that experience and if they did have it. Which is sad because when you're anxious, when you're pregnant as well, you know, when you're anxious, you want to be able to speak to someone. Yeah. Well, really, when you go through any major health issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we do we do have the option for some home care in this country, but not much. And you have to go through a lot at times to get it. And that and it's and that's the thing. I mean, we've I've had my folks have had, you know, people come into the home for home home visits and things like that. But it's it's only been under certain situations. And it's only been like, you know, it's been a kind of a regimented thing. And, you know, you get x amount of visits a week and they become at a certain time and then after six weeks it's over or four weeks it's over or two weeks you know whatever back on the back on the midwife train the home deliveries are more common now they're getting they're getting more popular yeah there's lots of uh, i know there's doulas in america there's technically doulas here as well which are yeah 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 Yeah. and we have we have doulas we have midwives and again the care providers i have no criticism i mean i've we've we've had now some we've we've you know enjoy we've worked with better than others you know but just to say like it's not about the care that's being provided the care is amazing and i the dedicated people who do that work is like i you know hats off to them always but it's just it's just like the yeah just i don't know this shift to kind of i don't know just seeing the shift in the show just makes me think about where we are now when it's all already happened basically because this push was made and then this is the way we live our lives and you know i just i don't know like the dr turners of the world like i miss them you know yeah anyway okay well enough on that whole thing because i went i went like way way off but it's not like us carry on (laughs) okay better than my home it don't have me own man in it to start it's a mum in the maternity home uh, saying that she wants to have a delivery in the maternity home rather than home because her house is full of children and husband don't know which one though yeah well i didn't know which one either but then right afterwards sheila's like oh yes this is like and she says all the names so this is actually a woman named miss collier and she's pregnant she's going to be giving birth in the maternity home in there and because mr greenwood is is there in the room with them with dr sheila and and dr dr sheila dr turner and sheila they're going around saying kind of what everyone's what what phase of everything everyone is in and the women chime in and say oh i really love it here this is so nice this is better you know it's being here is better better than being at home and then mrs collier says yeah it's better than my home but doesn't have my husband in it to start and so it's kind of a, like a, i like was about all... to say do you reckon that she's any relation to joe collier and then i realized it's joe collier so carry on <laughs> it's a funny moment but also a moment where you kind of see that you know kind of more yeah that that like poplar you know energy coming out so yeah it's humor kind of funny. Yeah. humor humor okay you guys are going to know this one there is a vanity in excess penance you must it's have Rachel. sustenance. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, this is Sister Monica Jones. Two situations. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> Sister Monica Jones is on hunger strike. No. no. No, this is the afterwards. This is Sister Monica Jones two Sister Ursula when she's leaving and gives her like a cream uh, bun. bun, and it's like, like stop a... being so flaming stupid. Go out, get out, yeah. but in a well, nice way. Yeah, like she, like sis, like Sister Ursula has this thing, like austerity is somehow like you know, it's it's more it's more noble, you know, it it it's this it's this thing to be revered, you know, no matter how hard she pushes it, it's somehow you know this this virtue or whatever. And Sister Monica Jones says, no, like your your vanity is in your excess penance, like that's a sin in of itself. You need to calm down. Like here, take a cinnamon roll and get the heck out, okay? (laughs) Whenever anyone says that godliness is cleanliness line, I always think of Smashing Pumpkins. The 
the emptiness is godliness and godliness is cleanliness and <laughs> God is empty just like you. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Billy Corgan. Oh, okay. Throwback. There we go. Okay, this one this one I really just liked. I, I thought it was I thought it was so sweet. Especially just I don't know, just had me going again and there's a lot in this world that's going on, so I just was thinking about it. We are all traveling through one another's countries. But it is no matter if we meet as strangers, for we can join forces and learn to love. For where there is friendship and affection, there is the place we can all call home. I think it's old Jenny. Mature Jenny! Yes! <laughs> she hates it when we call her old. <laughs> <laughs> now, which episode is it? Episode three. Right, is it to do with the Chens? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually there's... Yeah, there's a lot going on in this episode. and Well, there's the heartbreaking um, storyline of Sid Chen's older sister who died. Cyril uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. Chen. Cyril, not Sid. Look at you with your notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, and it's really sweet. And it just kind of talks, you know, obviously it just talks about basically how like ultimately we're all the same. We just need to love and respect each other. And like, we'll all be friends if we just give everybody a chance because everybody's a human being and we all want the same things, you know? Was, I just, I just really, I, I wanted to throw them. I always like to put mature Jenny in there somewhere. And this one I just really liked when I was watching. So you love a bit of old Jenny. I do love a bit of old Jenny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay here we go episode four though she be but little she is fierce it's mr kenley the horrible doctor yeah and he's talking about delia yep yep uh, because it's the scene where poor gloria venables is sat with her legs spread having everybody oh. look at her foo-foo <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've never called it that in my life <laughs> and she gives the diagnosis and yeah, he asked questions. She answers a question that the the medical the training doctors couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like one of those it's one of those things that doctors do where like there's a main doctor and then he has like four like trainee doctors around him and he's all like, men. okay, this yeah, all men. And it's like, okay, what what are we gonna do in this situation? And then each of the trainees has to kind of come up with their solutions. They can like work, you know, like figure it out, like you know, on the job testing and everything. And basically. That Mr. Kenley says, "Oh, this is what's the problem. Like, the, your cervix is not strong enough to hold the pregnancy within the uterus, and so that's why you're having the miscarriages. You know, is there any possible like remedy, basically? And that's when, to everyone's shock and amazement, you know, Delia says, "Well, basically, if you just do this kind of simple surgery where you put a stitch in, then and then it will keep the pregnancy viable, and then you take it out yeah. at 36 weeks once the pregnancy is full enough to term that you could deliver healthily." Cyclage or something. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like some somebody's name and something like that. I'm the that. last person who probably should have thought about that one. <laughs> and it annoys me because then he says, "Oh, he'll think about whether she's a suitable candidate." Which she like he could have just done it then and there. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. But well, no, why? Like, yeah. And then by the time he says that he's going to do it, it's too late. Exactly. And the scene where she loses the baby is so painful and horrible. And. Uh, just and just like his con- you know just his like condescension and conceit of every of both of the women in that room well, I was about like, to say yeah Cadelia t- saying it was oh, she's small she is mighty I didn't condescend her yeah well it's 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 like if you read it one way you're like oh that's a nice thing to say but he says it no. in the most horrible condescending rude way and it's not meant to be a kindness it's meant to be like oh well look at her isn't she amazing that she even like knows one thing at all ever you know it just ugh. yeah it's, it seems deriding I don't like it I just wanted to put it in there because I wanted to like blast him like one more time and how what of a horrible person he is <laughs> I just okay. I have so much contempt for Mr. Kenley and like and like a lot of the doctor scenes in this book. Oh god. Okay. All right. Next quote. 
if these are the best interview candidates the Midwives Chronicle can deliver to our door, I have to say I fear for our profession. Nurse Crane. Yeah. yeah. Her and Sister Julienne are interviewing, which can I just say that Sister Julienne, fine. Nurse Crane would be the most intimidating interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also, if you did impress her, you'd be so pleased because she'd show yeah. that as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you did manage to impress her, you'd just be so pleased with yourself because she does seem really hard, but also really fair when she she's really good with a praise when when it's deserved. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and she's Rewarding. very compassionate. Yeah. 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 Well, just and as an addendum to this quote, so they're chatting about it because Sister Julian's like, oh, really? Like, I don't know. I think we can make it work. And she's like, oh, no. She's like, listen to this one. And it's like some really preposterous name, but it's a man. And she's like, listen, like men can't do this work. Like, it's not even like legal, which I kind of hadn't realized. But I mean, I guess. okay, makes sense. Well, no, it it would have been legal because Mr. Kenley's doing it. No, no. But no, she's talking about like specifically midwifery. Well, I don't know. Is it? I I mean, she said she says that they're that they're not like they're not allowed to be midwives. Men are not allowed to be midwives. So you can be a doctor and deal with like OBGYN stuff, but you can't be a midwife. That's what she says in the episode. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. And then the other comment that we all think is lols is that then Sister Julianne is like, and then oh, Phyllis is like, what about this person from something, something like South Dakota or whatever? And she's like, oh, yeah, no, she, I thought an American would be like, you know, a fresh breath of fresh air. And she's like, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> and then she, and then Sister Julianne is like, okay, got it. No Americans, no men. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> to be fair, we really enjoyed that scene. <laughs> it spoke to us it hit you on a really deep deep level huh i did watch it life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Giggling to myself, thinking I can't wait to say this to Jen on the podcast. Oh my god, I know. I would love one nice American that is endorsed by the show <laughs> at any point at all. That would be really, really nice to see. Instead of either just incompetency or horrible behavior. I'm trying to wrap my brain to any more that have come that have been good. Anyway, carry yeah, on. They're sorry, heaven. they're heaven. They like, yeah, and for such a like a show where it shows all these different walks of life and different races and everything like that, the Americans have been very, very poorly represented. Make so. of that what you will. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna take it deeply personally. Yes, exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> I meant um, for the okay. listeners, not you. <laughs> I don't want to get hate mail. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, it's all in good fun. All right. Okay. I do. Then it gets untidy again. It's a mystery. Timothy, Dr. Timothy, talking about his bedroom. Dr. Timothy. Dr. Timothy, that's what we call him now. 
He's yep. going to be a doctor. Timothy, isn't he? So, yeah, that he has shares a room with Angela. This is when they're living in the tiny flat and Sheila's mm-hmm. pregnant again. And they're like, we have to move, Patrick. So, yeah. Well, and Tim comes in and he's like, listen, like, where are my swim trunks? I have, like, class or something like that today. And he's like, I can't find them. And Dr. Turner, truly the most unhelpful, like, dad energy there ever was. He's like, did you look in your room? And Timothy <laughs> just gives him this look like, are you an idiot? Like, are you yeah, literally, there like... speaks the man who's never looked for anything in his life. Yeah, like, literally never done one bit of domestic effort ever in his whole existence and timothy's like yes dad i obviously did it's like but my room is a mess like i don't know where to find anything and he's like well why don't you clean up your room again just the most unhelpful advice and tim is like i do clean it up and then it gets untidy again who knows why you know <laughs> and like the like this pointed look at angela who's just like adorably like brushing her teeth with this little wooden toothbrush and dr turner's like huh and she was just like oh my god i married like an absolute moron but anyways <laughs> <laughs> oh lord anyway so yeah so timothy once more you know into the fray all right next quote i find two opinions are always better than one particularly if one is mine Sister Monica Jane. Yes. And when does she say this, Bex? She says it to Fred. When? Because they've just found... Oh, no. No. They are going to the hospital because Reggie... They're looking at places to put Reggie. Yeah, this is where they discover Sister Mary Cynthia. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say they'd already discovered it, but they discover her at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And really, Reggie shouldn't be at the hospital. No. No, And he doesn't end up there either, which is good, but... No. But Sister Monica Jonas taken a shine to Reggie because he's been helping in the garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just to say, this is, like, the last... This line is, like, very cute, but it's it's the intro to, like, a very harrowing and, like, scary and dark scene, so not making light of any of that just this scene this quote is just i thought very very smj and i love this scene because fred literally opens the van door and sister monica james is sat there waiting for him (laughs) (laughs) and he's like oh (laughs) and she's like oh hello fred yes (laughs) it's a really cute it's really cute yeah oh man okay all right next one failure isn't fatal but hesitation can be give yourself a chance and him Read it again. Failure isn't fatal, but hesitation can be. Give yourself a chance. Oh, oh, it is Nurse Crane. Yes. Talking to Trixie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. About Christopher Dockerell. Because she says, yeah, because she, for some reason she's hesitant and he's really keen to ask her out. Yeah, he wants a second date back. back. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, just as a quick personal note, like, I did, I did, there, so right before this, you know, Phyllis is like, oh, he came by and he brought flowers and, like, he seems really keen on you and, and I, you know, like, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, like, she's like, well, they're just keen and then they're, you know, she's like, you know, she's like, I don't want to look like I'm too interested or whatever. And she's like, yeah, well, there's looking too interested and there's looking like you absolutely just don't even care about this person. And she's like, yeah, I know. I, she's, and then she says, I've wanted a relationship for so long or I've wanted to be with someone for so long, but now that like I may have an opportunity for that she's like I just don't know if I have the gumption and I just thought that was like a I just really like that because the like it takes just so much work to start a relationship and stay in a relationship and everything and like all the pitfalls that may come and the vulnerability and everything like that and I just I don't know I just found that like so relatable and I really appreciated that Trixie had that moment of doubt you know am I am I really gonna go all in for this you know I have to start you know I mean you don't have to do anything but like 
she wanted to, you know, get her hair done regularly and like have nice fashions and have the energy to like listen to all of his stories and go out on the dates and like care about him and his interests. It's just, and it's, I mean, it's a wonderful thing to be in a relationship, but it's also a lot. And sometimes you have to be really up for it. And and she just didn't know she was, even though he's a very sweet man. And I just, I don't know, it was just, it was a kind of a small moment, but I, I really liked that, you know, it wasn't depicted as, as something where, you know, as soon as she had a guy that was interested in her, she was just full in, you know, going yeah, at 110 fight. miles an fight hour. Is Right, exactly. And how cute he was and how nice he was in the sports car and the whole deal, you know, so. And he was the exception to the doctor rule, really, wasn't he? Because he's the yes. he's the only person that we've encountered that hasn't been the patronizing. Well, but to your point, austere back, doctor. Yeah, but to your point, back, doctors aren't dentists. Dentists aren't doctors. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not their title. <laughs> so he just, he's exempted because he didn't, he's not a real doctor. But I just like that, she, that Phyllis just basically says, give yourself a chance and give him a chance and just see, you know, like, oh, I just, Phyllis is just the most wise relationship counselor in the whole world, I think. Apart from me. Next question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really don't think this is the time for levity. Ooh. Now, after the word lev- levity, there's a name, but I've omitted the name for my first for my first. I pass. think it. I don't think this is the time for levity, Barbara. <gasps> yes, oh. good, good, good. And who says that to her? Trixie. Yes, very good. Is it where going to go with Helena Handcart? Yes, yes. This Jeez. is episode six no, is no. where they're the Cuba, Cuban Missile Crisis, and they're all worried about the end of the world and. Yeah. So so this is also the part where they're all getting ready to like, quote, spend their last night, you know, because they don't know what's going to happen with, you know, all that. Oh, hang on. Bob's coming through. Hello. Hi. Hi, Bob. Yes. Is it really good? Yeah, I just slipped when I was going back in. Oh, yeah. You slipped? You okay, though? Yeah. Did it hurt? Did you cry? No. Oh, well done. Well, at first I slipped, 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 but that then at the end I got better, and then I did um four on my own. Oh, well done! <laughs> That's amazing. Was Daddy good? Well, he did have a knee hurt. Oh, did he? Oh yeah. dear, we don't need two of us with bad knees in this house. Mm. Right, you're gonna go up to Daddy with your iPad. No. I'll come and see you in a minute after we finish. Oh, also, Babs, do you want to hear something exciting? We're gonna record the peanut butter episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've been asking constantly when we're going to do it. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> carry on. Oh, she's really uh, grown up. I know. I know. She's got so two boyfriends cute. now. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'll tell you who's got the gumption. Bob's has got the gumption. <laughs> she's not one but two relationships. She's not worried about it at all. Yeah, but what I love about it is she's got two boyfriends, but they've only got one each. They're not allowed anymore, and they're fine with it. <laughs> That's the way poly- polygamy should work, honestly. Women can have as many as they want. Men, only one at a time. They can't handle it. Nope. I might oh my keep gosh. that in. I'm going to keep that in. Carry on. <laughs> so, next quote. All right. Lots of memories. They don't belong to the house. They're ours. They come with us. Turn is when they're leaving the flat. Yes. Yes. So true as well, though, isn't it? Like, I really miss my old house. I loved that house. It was too small. It was right near a main road. But, oh. But also, for Timothy, that's the only place he'd ever lived with his mum. Yeah. Oh, way to bring a downer there. Yeah. 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 Well, I just, I again, I mean, the show just always kind of gives you these nuggets that are so relatable and so real to, so real to real life, which is a stupid way to say it. But you guys get what I mean. Like, and I, and because I've just moved, I was obviously, you you know, really. True to real life. True to real life. 
Trader for your life. Well, we said that you're basically living the Turner's life at this point. Yeah, yeah. I just and I'm living Joe Collins with my legs. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback. Let's open. open. No, I go onto into a home and then just park it. Or have you know open wounds that have to be packed twice a day and everything like that. I think that is going to happen. But basically, (laughs) if if the podcast doesn't come in after I've had me out and I just park it, then you'll know by the fact that there's no podcast. Yeah, exactly. We've discussed this before. If our if our listeners don't hear anything, that's the sign we've all gone. (laughs) I've had me up and I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alex has left the building permanently. But yeah, I just I just really like that quote. And I feel like, you know, it's very easy for all of us to get attached to physical objects and physical places and things and everything. And especially like, like I just moved from not just a house, but like a whole city and a whole life where, I, you know, we'd been for a long time and come to a new city where, you know, I don't know where I'm going. I don't, I mean, I'm making memories now, but I don't really have memories that much, you know, here and the house is very new. Anyway, so, I just it was a very it was a super relatable and comforting scene to me it just felt like that warm hug that this show often gives and I just really loved it and I you know and as much as we like blast Dr. Turner he's obviously like a really sweet and wonderful person and and everything so I just I like that from him so my little set my sentimental moment one of a thousand million that always happened but anyway love it Okay. You guys are going to know this one right off. I had quite serious intentions about this hairdo. I didn't spend five shillings on setting (laughs) lotion and two hours in rollers to spend the evening knitting with the nuns. Bex. It's Trixie. Yeah. (laughs) But why did her plans get... Oh, Christopher Dockerel kept saying best Christopher. Yeah. And he kept Patterson. Because we find out he's got a daughter called Alexandra. 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 None of this Alexandra rubbish. Alexandra. (laughs) <laughs> but she but right before this when she says that she's like best wishes best of luck like you know best see the back of you like what does best mean you know and then barbara's like well wait a minute like he did say darling men only say darling about women they really care about and she's like i don't care barbara <laughs> Hmm. and it was just after she like she got her gumption up to go out with him and they had their moment on the sports car when they were like smooching and they kind of you know yeah, when she could have gone anywhere gonna... in london she chose and to she sit wanted... on his bonnet yeah, and, and be with him and everything. And so then, you know, but then he starts canceling their dates and she's just really irritated about it. And yeah. Oh, also setting lotion. I don't know if this is going to be in- interesting to anyone, but so one of my one of my things that I love to do is watch like makeup and, be- and beauty like videos and read articles and like all that kind of stuff like that. I just love that the topic. And there's this makeup artist that I follow on TikTok and Instagram who is wonderful. She's like a celebrity makeup art- artist, but she's a massive makeup and like beauty historian as well. And she collects old, makeup and old beauty products and she shows them off and talks about the history of them and everything like that and she did a hair tutorial one time where she talks about an old hairdo and like what they tell you to do to get the old hairdo and they talk about setting lotion and she's like when I figured out like what setting lotion was basically it's hairspray and water mixed together oh I thought it'd be ammonia for some reason oh god no if you put ammonia on your hair that would be terrible I think (laughs) like your hair would fall look at me look at me do I look like a beauty expert and well, I've, I've, spent, I've spent my life trying to get curly hair. So I think as a child, because my uncle is a hairdresser, I think I've tried setting note. You know, when you like plait your whole head. Oh, yeah. Oh, and hang then... on. Hang on. Maybe is, is ammonia used in perms? I think ammonia is. It Do you know how I know a... this? Because of Legally Blonde, that scene. It's Legally Blonde. Yes, I think I think, it's, I think it's used in perms. I think it's used in perms. But again, it's like a special chemical solution that you're supposed to put too... on. You weren't very wrong. You were you were mostly wrong, but not not completely wrong. Not completely wrong. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> 
Uh, anyways, so just just to say, like, if you're ever if you're ever looking for setting lotion, you know, you can kind of DIY one yourself, which actually makes sense that you like if you because I mean, the way that Trixie does her hair, you basically take your wet hair kind of like partly dry it. And then if you spray a setting lotion mixture on top of it, which would be hairspray and water, and then you roll it by the time it's fully dry, it's basically coated in like a thin layer of hairspray. And then you yeah. pull out the rollers and then you've got like the curl, but like a lot of hold because of the hairspray. And then you can either like brush it out or style it however you want or whatever and i mean it's gonna have a little bit of a crunch but you know you can like work around that if you you know just as long as no one tries to run their hands through your hair Fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, our listeners won't know this, but I, you two obviously do know this, but I, when I grew up, I was just had poker straight hair. And then suddenly, when I was about 13 to 16, I started getting curlier hair. But I know. Really, I would wear it, up, really wear it like that ever. Yeah. yeah. So then I, Bex just said she was jealous. It just went funny, the internet. But <laughs> I, I now I'm 42. And if I leave it dry, leave it to dry, from, it just goes mega curly. And it's just mad how. When I was younger, it used to be just poker straight. It's just really strange. Well, also, yeah. isn't it crazy how much hair, how much hormones affect it? Because my sister had, I have kind of curly textured hair my whole life. You are so jealous of your hair. Jen has amazing hair. Jen does have amazing hair. I do hair. have really, you wouldn't know right now. Jen's even like, saw yes, me. Really well, sorry, it's great. I do have beautiful <laughs> hair. I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> That's so horrible. Just be like, yes, I am. It's stunning. No, it is. It is stunning. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is stunning. It, I am. I am quite vain about it because it's like one thing that I just feel is very, you know, it's like, yeah, I do want to take care of it. But my sister's hair is more straight and, you know, she has really thick, beautiful hair too. But like ever since she had my my nephews, her twins, her hair has gotten a lot more curly. And this- you know what? That this... makes sense actually because mine's since my daughter, since Barb's. Yeah, yeah. I think hormones have a big effect on hair in a lot of ways, like hair growth, hair color, hair texture, like all that kind of stuff. And I know too, like, you know, like even like gray hair is more coarse and like, you know, kind of potentially not curly, but like more textured than like, you know, non-gray hair. And, you know, there's lots of like interesting things about hair that people don't, I don't have gray hair. I have to all listeners. Yeah, I have no gray hair at all. I'm, my hair is as raven brown as it ever was. <laughs> and I never have to do anything to it. Just it grows out of my head. I'm kidding. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm kidding. I don't have gray hair. You don't have any at all. I've probably got about five now, but... Oh, wow. Oh, well, okay. I've spent my life so desperate for curly hair that I once read that if you shave your head, it'll grow back curly, and I've considered Do it. Do it. Oh, see, but I think your hair's gorgeous. I think oh, you're no. really nice She's got really lovely straight no, hair. No, I don't. My uncle is a hairdresser, which I mentioned, and he once, he was like, oh, you've got your grandmother's hair. Because he used to do, everybody in the family would have their head, and he's like, you've got your grandmother's hair, which is not his mother on the other side of my family. Uh, he's like, it's just got nothing going for it. That's hair had something going for it. No, it really doesn't. And then as I get older, it just gets worse. Wait, why? Why is it getting worse? Well, it's... I just think one day I'll be bald because it's really fine and not that thick. Oh, but I've, well, we... she, I've always isn't it weird? Because obviously you always think other people. You always yeah. like look at stuff and you think, oh, that's nice that, and then you realize that they hate it. Yeah, I know. So you have beautiful silky hair, Bex. I think your hair is so yeah. shiny and silky. That's what I how I think of. And you have a very very cute haircut as well, which I think really suits your face because you have like a beautiful jawline. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my two cents well we'll talk about hair stuff offline too because i might have yeah 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 i love hair i love hair i love beauty i love everything related to that okay next quote here we go out now before we both find ourselves in need of gas and air 
This is Nurse Crane talking to Marcus Antoine. Well done. Correct, correct on the Nurse Crane, but he's not talking to Marcus Antoine. Not well done. The three boys. No, he's no, he's not talking to them. Oh. Oh. No. Say it again. Out now before we both find ourselves in need of gas and air. Which episode's it from? It is it is the episode she's talking about. It is the Antoine Boys episode. But she's she's not talking about them. Oh, to... Sister Winifred. There we go. Because Sister Winifred is driving oh, and had yeah. just delivered gas and air to her for Mrs. Antoine's birth. And then they were driving home and she's... But I think Nurse really Crane... I, yeah, I love Nurse Crane, but she was unnecessarily unfair on Sister Winifred here because Sister Winifred, yeah. uh, she had a flat tire. She says, oh, if you could have driven, you could have got here. But in whose car would she have actually used to get there? Exactly, yeah, no, she totally exactly. was, but at the same time, she's probably getting frustrated at the fact that she's already been rude to tell her to do that, to to, to ask to drive in her car, not ask, just demand to drive in her car and expect it. Exactly. And then her not be committed to it after being such a pain in the bum about it. Yeah. Well, Sister Winifred always like goes to 11 with everything, but then like she'll have, not always, but I mean, like in this case, she was like, oh, I really want to do it. I made this decision like all by myself. And then she's not even like trying, which yeah. is frustrating. Yeah. She's probably quite frustrating to live with. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because Mr. Winifred, yeah. yeah, she's not just not one of my favorites. I like her, I love her, but that incident with the I just can't forgive that incident with the uh with the bathroom when it was icy. <laughs> well, actually, so rewatching this, so episode a couple episodes ago when we were first introduced to Christopher, there's a scene where Sister Winifred comes into the I don't know what the room is called, but it's where they like pack all their bags and they have the autoclave and like all that kind of stuff. And she is says to Sister Julian and Phyllis, who are like, you know, kind of just doing their work or whatever, standing next to each other she's like oh um dr turner has said that i can spearhead a new dental campaign for poplar like we're gonna save all the poplar teeth and you know she's like whatever and sister julian is like oh well, i think there's no one better like you're gonna be great and phyllis is like looking you know and even sister julian is like hmm and there's just like all this extra subtext and she's like yes it's gonna be wonderful and then she like bounces out of the room basically and then <laughs> they both kind of have this moment where they're like you know and it's it's just uh, it's just amazing sometimes there's like, these very like little like micro moments that you notice and it's just oh it's just such a joy they're just like yeah cool. brilliant writing as we always say and brilliant acting too yeah, you know yeah. it's just like because they're just like okay like another harebrained scheme that like is you know she's gonna go all the way off with so yeah okay next quote it's not enough to love her we've got to fight for her <gasps> oh about susan uh, it's yeah uh, what's it Moda, Moda Mullocks. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's not yeah. wrong. Yeah. She's it's the scene where they're in the kitchen and she's saying, you know, like like who's gonna tell teach her how to use the potty, who's gonna help her climb the stairs, who's gonna help her learn to like read and write and all of that kind of stuff. And Bernie says, you know, like I love her, like like we all love her, like isn't that enough or something? And she says it's not no, it's not enough to love her. We've gotta fight for her. And I just So right. Yeah, I just love Rhoda. Like I just love Rhoda. Like it's yeah, and the thing is, like, sorry. What, you know when you hear about, the, you know when we first watched it and they spoke about heroines? And, yes. And she is a heroine of Poplar. She is. She really is. Yeah. And I just, I, I really, I mean, I think that this is true not only for, you know, parents of kids and everything, but I think it's true for, like, a lot of people we love in life. Like, it's not enough just to love them or care about them. We have to show up for them. We have to yeah, advocate, advocate for, them. for them. We have to, yeah. like, we have to, like, do the work for them to help them. And that can take, you know, a thousand different forms. It's not always the same, you know, for everybody. But, like, love is wonderful. But, 
you know, in terms of the work of everyday life, it's it, that's not that's not it, the only thing. I mean, Phyllis had a great line from from a season previous where she goes, "Hard work makes mother." Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can give birth to a baby and love it all you want, but like until you show up for that baby and start doing all the labor that it takes to, you know, make sure a baby is okay and and well taken care of, then that's you know. Oh, sorry, girls. I just, I just, I just love it. It's just so much wisdom. Next quote. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're we're getting close to the end well actually no we're not close to the end maybe i'll maybe i'll skip all right maybe we'll just go faster and i won't just divert every single time mrs turner is clearly at the mercy of her hormones trixie. is it this question no 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 this is, is actually it trixie trixie yes you yeah. know when she says this to miss crane yeah when and she's this... crying in the yeah yeah, and Sheila's just snapped. She just snapped at Trixie. Yes, and Trixie's yes. basically like, "I'm not going to take this personally." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, she started yelling at Trixie, and then immediately started crying. <laughs> and then, then Phyllis walks up as Sheila's like kind of losing it, and and she says to Nurse Crane, "She's like, I'm not going to take this personally. Mrs. Turner is clearly at the mercy of her hormones." And then that's when Phyllis says, "You know, Mrs. Turner, like, I, I'd like to talk to you in the kitchen about an expectant mother who's not doing what she should." <laughs> Who's not doing what she ought? I just love what she ought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And and she was like, oh, okay, oh, you know. And they go in together. <laughs> we all know that feeling. We've all been there. All been there. Okay, next one. This reduces body temperature and preserves intimate freshness. Oh, bless her! This is the saleswoman for the uh, for Violet's corset. Oh, uh, yeah, because Violet's going. Um, it is. You guys remember? Wilma Goddard. Oh, Wilma, yeah. There we go. Very good. Yeah. I just thought that line was really funny, but I just loved Wilma. And yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. She was a great, great, great saleswoman. And she really did help Violet. Yeah. Yeah. And she was way into the Costanza corsets and girdles and all that. At least she left behind a lovely new sofa. She did. (laughs) And beautiful children. And I'm sure they'll take solace in that. Well, yes. 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 Um, We should never have got rid of the old one. Yeah, and just, you know, like, so much love for a woman. Like, so sorry that she met that very sad end. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I, I know it was just being glib. I know no. but it was awful. No, but I just wanted to, like, shout her out, and I thought that was kind of a funny scene, because she's like, oh, it's got lots of perforations. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what but actually you're doing there. I, I don't even know, honestly. Um, But girls, but it looked like the most rubbery, uncomfortable, like, when you're having a hot flush, it was not the sort of thing you wanted to be wearing. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, also, like, I'm sorry, but, like, do you really want to put a thick, tight, like, like, plasticated thing around your body when you're feeling... Uh, no 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 i don't know i just was like a girdle is not gonna make you feel comfortable like i can barely wear jeans for eight hours and then feel like yeah. i have to breathe you know so forget it now girls we're getting into our we're getting into well okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything i'm just gonna go for it the minute i look at you i'll give you everything you ask for <gasps> tom and barbara no but very close very close oh they're gonna, she they're gonna and be... dr turner yes do you know when he says this to her is it when she's in labor no no before that is it when they're talking about moving house? No, after that. No. Uh, we're doing well. Is it when they're talking, she's saying that she doesn't want Dr. Turner to be in the room with her when she gives yes, birth? Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. right. And and he's and he's down on his knees because he's looking at her legs and he's like, your legs are kind of swollen. Like, you know, that could be something, something. And she's like, oh, Patrick, like, you know, she's like, when you look at me, you just see a patient, you know? And he's like, no, the minute I look at you, I give you everything you ask for. And, and it's just, it's a very like romantic Apart from scene. space. Like, <laughs> 
or yeah. any sort of support in the household yeah <laughs> i know and like i know we drag him like on the regular but at the same time like it, like they are just truly like such a sweet and like romantic couple and like they're just so into each other like to almost like 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 just like timothy like a really like sickening level that just makes you be like go get a room or whatever but this was just a ve- he, and he delivered the line so sincerely and so romantic and and she just is like instantly like oh patrick oh you know and i just was like okay shout out to dr turner and sheila because like he's really got it bad for her and he's very sweet and they love each other so much like you know what i mean what what are you gonna criticize like people who love each other too much like come on yeah to be fair yeah all right well you know There's i'm the time place. one so there you is are a time the to be fair i am i'm i'm oh, i always have so much runway for that okay another one now we're entering kind of a romantic quotes section okay you asked for my advice but you don't need it because you oh. find joy in the simple things that's all love needs to thrive on really barbara's dad yeah when does he say it to her he says it too and she's asking about advice on this on her wedding day before yeah. and she's trying to get like a talk with him to try and talk about advice about how him and her mum got on and, uh, yeah. and that's what he was like oh i'll come back to you and then came back with that basically I don't have anything to say to you yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's really sweet and and actually that he's very right barbara is such a joyful person and um just as a quick aside i don't know if you guys have heard this but there was a study that was done on what makes a relationship last and they call it the bird test and basically it's this idea that if you're in a couple and like both of you are in a room doing something and one of you looks out the window and sees like a beautiful bird you know or something like that and that person says oh my gosh come look at this beautiful bird and the other person like like stops what they're doing and comes to enjoy that moment with you that that's a sign that you know you're gonna be a good lasting couple because you're both invested in each other and their interests and like things that they are curious about and whatever like that and again I mean you know who knows it's a study or whatever but I just thought like Barbara is that kind of person like she would always like turn towards Tom and I think Tom would do it for her too like oh yeah really really good couple and I just I don't know it made me think of it like when he says you know you find joy in the simple things and like you just you let love thrive because you build that up every single day so I think if Sheila was like oh look Dr. Turner would be like, I don't have time for this, Sheila. Not now, <laughs> Sheila. Put it in the drawer, Sheila. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to say anything because I've already said so much. Okay. Okay, here we go. Another line. I do everything for you. Always. Barbara and Tom. There we go. And when does Tom say this to her? When he gives her the uh, big, massive merry-go-round. Yeah. Yes, exactly. She, but she, he doesn't do everything for Barbara. No, he doesn't. But he does no. a lot. Like he, he really loves Barbara. Like we all know. But it's just such a, be- it's just a, such a beautiful scene because they've just had their wedding. They've driven down the road to the little archway and everything. And he's like, "I've got something to show you." And so he takes her. Like they walk together, and she sees the carousel, and she runs forward, and she turns around, and she goes, "Oh my God, you did all of this for me!" And then he like comes up to her and he says, "I do everything for you always." And it just, it like what it's just. Such a romantic scene. It's just such a romantic scene. Last one. The only thing that can ever hurt me is what hurts you. It's Dr. Tanner and Sheena again. Mm -mm. But it is a man to a woman. The only thing that can ever hurt me is what hurts you. Yeah. Oh, it's Fred and Violet. (laughs) No, sorry. Okay, Kent, this is the Christmas special that we just recapped. Well, that would be very useful if we could remember what happened in it, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, was, it was a couple, an unconventional couple in the Christmas special. Oh, was it Selwyn and Linda? 
Yes, there we go. This is no religion. I know, I know. I did not revise the Christmas special because I was like, I've just watched it recently. I should say clearly, I did. This is is when Linda is giving birth and she's squeezing his hand and she's like, "Oh, I'm afraid to squeeze you because it might hurt you." And he says, "The only thing that can ever hurt me is what hurts you." And um, like my last three quotes were just very like guy focused because these were just like great moments for the men in the show to just show up for the women in their lives. And I just was like, "All men take notes." Like this is the kind of male energy in romantic relationships we need and they're all great guys I really love their you know partners their wives girlfriends whatever and I just gotta shout out gotta shout it out now this is actually really good because this goes on I wanted to say something to Bex so this is to do with the Christmas special so do you remember in the Christmas special Bex you were like oh I really love that big banner where it says Christmas 1962 expect a photo from me on for this Christmas did we receive a photo, Jen? I I sadly did not see a photo. I also messaged her on Christmas <laughs> Day saying, where's my photo? Thinking she's got time here to do it on Boxing Day. What happened, Beck? I didn't do it. I've just, the problem is, I've just got no will to do anything now. Like, I can't, I just can't be bothered with life between Christmas and New Year. Well, that was before Christmas, technically. Yeah, but, yeah so, we didn't, so she basically put it this way. Listen, she's a liar. No, I'm just full of, I'm, I'm full of ideas which I've not followed through on. But not full of energy for making banners. Clear. No, what, what day not... were you born, by the way? Huh? Do you know what day? What day of the week you were born on? Oh, I can, I can look on my calendar, can I? I was, daughter's I was obsessed. A... Just because when you said I'm full of, I wanted to say, whoa, my daughter's obsessed with finding out what days people I, are born on. I'm, I'm a Wednesday baby. I was born yeah. full of woe. Well, yeah, so which, my... which I don't think I am a full of woe person, but yeah, we went okay. to see my cousins because it was her son's birthday the day, and she was like, "What day was he born on?" We looked, and she was like, "Full of woe." <laughs> <laughs> For a one-year-old's birthday party, I was like, What day oh. were you born on, Alex? Tuesday. What's that? Fair of face. Monday's okay. child is full of grace. Really not right, then. Is... No, it's totally not right. <laughs> no, I was a Monday baby. What, what were you? Monday. Oh, Monday's chat. Well, I can't even remember the flaming thing now. Oh, I it? never. I only knew the Wednesday's full of woe because I was born on a Wednesday. Monday, no, I Monday's see. child is fair of face, isn't it? Oh, well, that's absolutely not true. Tuesday's <laughs> child is full of grace. That's me. Oh, Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child has far to go. Friday's child is loving and giving. Saturday's child works hard for a living. And the child that is born on the Sabbath day is bonny and blithe and good and gay. There you go. Oh, Characteristically, okay. I was probably a Thursday with has far to go. <laughs> well, also, like, rude that Wednesday's child just gets thrown under the bus because they're, like, a midweek baby. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, sorry. But, like, it's just, like, yeah. so dismissive, like, the way she was just, like, full of yeah, work. like, they're just born to be, like, terribly sad. <laughs> sorry. Oh, well. Now, Gross. next episode, we are doing the peanut butter, finally. The fluff and utter, the peanut butter. <laughs> the peanut butter. Phoebe and Jay's. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening and we shall see you next week. See you next week. Happy 2024. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.